G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I'm Lechdog and I'm joined by two of the best in the business. Patch, good to see you mate. Lechdog, good to see you as well. How are you? Oh mate, I, I'm, I'm alright, although almost had a heart attack uh, on Sunday at the footy. How about you? You'd be high off another Bombers win. You, are your boys going to play finals and lose? I... I mean, yeah, of course. We're, we're not going to win a final. We haven't done it in 2,673 days, uh, 12 hours and 37 minutes. But um, I, who knows? Who knows? I mean, we'll probably finish ninth. I don't know. But we've beaten Sydney. They always beat us. I don't know what's happening. I'm pinching myself and just enjoying the ride while it lasts. And the other man who joins us was so popular last time that he's been asked to replace Kevin Bartlett on SEN. It's Foz Daddy, ranked 15th last year and ranked number one in our hearts this year. How are you, Foz? Oh, it's great to be here, back once again, and hopefully we can uh, keep the good times rolling. Now, is it true that Hutchie is offering you a seven-figure deal to take over that spot on SEN? Look, I don't know how that sort of information gets out. It is classified, uh, but yes, it is true. Fantastic. You'll be bankrolling the pod for the rest of eternity. All right, folks. Um, by the way, thank you to Beats for that awesome music. And we'll get the housekeeping out of the way. You can follow the Twitch stream, which happens on Thursday nights at twitch.tv uh, or whatever the address is. It's in the show notes, probably. You can subscribe to the podcast if you're listening on the website on Apple, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, everywhere. It's bloody everywhere these days. Um, so get amongst it and uh, let us know what you think in the comments of the website. And how it's all going, because we bloody love hearing from you. All right, boys, let's get into it. Let's talk Supercoach Patch. Take us away. It was, it was truly the round of the haves and the haves-nots this week, because it was like, you know, people were scoring 2,500, and then there are other people with two or three donuts on the field scoring 2,100. Um, and it was just, it was, yeah, the, the round of the those that have the donuts, those that had Boak, those that had Gorn and no cover, and those that, you know, didn't have... The bond didn't have all of these players that scored all of these points, and it was just a bit, a bit of a nightmare. Did did both of you guys manage to avoid donuts? No donut avoiding for me. Maxi Gorn was out, but I did my bit and I donated to uh, Doctor Supercoach's um, donations for donuts. I can't remember exactly what it's called. But they raise money for cancer and stuff for everyone who has a donut. Great cause. We will put those notes in the shows uh, in the in the show notes as well. Foz Daddy. Yeah, I um I had the one donut. Uh, Travis Boak was a, a laid out for me, and um, I didn't realise until the game had started. By then, I couldn't uh, manoeuvre Jared Cameron onto the field, which is a shame. It was, but uh, yeah, it was with with five minutes or something before the bounce as well. It was a cruel, cruel laid out, especially for people that waited until the last minute until teams were confirmed to trade Caleb Daniel to Travis Boak, and then had it uh, had him miss. It was just a, a cruel, cruel. Cool game, and the Supercoach gods were all over the joint this week, obviously with Paddy Cripps missing this week, and then, boy, did it get interesting with, you know, Kelly going down, he scored scored 100, but went down in the last quarter, injured himself, Max Gorn obviously missing, Marty Hoare scored three points, four points, 
not a lot before breaking his collarbone and going down. It was just a bit of a nightmare all over the shop once you added those donuts as well. Those injuries, are they going to keep going? Lech, you're, you're now coaching at Carlton. Is Paddy Cripps playing this week? What's the go? Yep, got very good authority that he'll be playing this week. Unfortunately, Caleb Marchbank has fractured his neck. He's out. Wiedering's broken a nose. So we might see a, a Hugh Goddard type finally break in. He's been named on the extended bench quite a bit recently. So we might have a, a rookie-priced player there. But patch a few other bits of injury news. Uh, Kaniglioog, we're not really sure what's going on with him yet. He's hurt his knee or something like that. He scored 158 Supercoach points. If he's out, well, cook me, I'm done. And uh, Ryan Gardner, we know from the Bulldogs now that he's going to miss for at least four weeks for sure. Um, I likely we don't see him again this season. So he's your loophole option for those who have him. Just out of interest, fellas. Um, Patch, I know you had Caleb Daniel in your side. Who did you trade him to? I traded him via about 12 DPPs to Lockie Neal. That's a reasonable upgrade. 151 points for your effort. And Foz, did you, were you a Caleb Daniel owner? I did have him, and I moved him on to Rowan Marshall, so I was pretty happy with that move as well. Rowan Marshall. Rowan, your boat, Marshall, who has cracked 600K and is averaging 110 for the year. Patch, you called him early in his career, and I took all the glory by claiming him this mm-hmm. year. I, I gave um, him the nickname, and you took the points, which is... Normally it goes the other way around on this podcast, but it's nice to share the love. For role reversal, geez, he's a gun. Watch them ruin his career and play him as a forward next year. And just for those playing at home, I did pull my pod move and bring in Sam Patrefsi Seaton for a tasty 63 super coach points. At least you had Justin Westhoff, who's back in business, uh, scoring for (laughs) you on the field. (laughs) Uh, Justin Westhoff. Do you mean Tom Hawkins? Because that's who I have. Uh, scoring 52 points. Thank you. Oh, Let's move on. As well, sh- should we talk about the Hoff? Foz, did you, you catch any of the showdown on Saturday? The Hoff at 406k scored 125, playing up the ground, pushing up towards a wing, had 16 marks, 21 disposals. Is he back? Can we pick him? You know, rock forward swing. Yeah, you know what? I don't mind him. Um, he's obviously very dangerous as a... Um, as a selection, he's, he's killed a lot of players before and obviously Lech has traded him in and out and in and out every single round, it seems. But, um, yeah, he did play really well, came back into the side after doing exactly what uh, Ken Hinckley and the coaches down at Port Adelaide wanted him to do. And, um, yeah, played really well, played, as you said, pushed up the ground and played up on that wing like he's done in previous years when he's been very successful in super coach. But uh, when you're pushing towards your, your top team and, whether he really slots into that you know, top 10 sort of forward position, he's going to be a really good uh, ruck sort of swing as well. But I don't know if he's going to make many teams based off one game because he has obviously been dropped and, and had pretty poor form so far this season. Can you potentially look at, possibly if you've got Bynes in the forward line, obviously for the swing, looking at trading out Riley O'Brien down to Westhoff to make 150-odd K and then we just, you know, say farewell, say Godspeed to the valiant, beautiful redhead that is Riley O'Brien. Send him off and then bring in the Hoff to sit possibly at F- F7, R3, that sort of swinging cover around the joint, especially if you've got a weaker sort of F6, like a, a Tom Hawkins or a Sam Petrovsky seaton to pluck two completely random names out of thin air. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an option. Um, a lot of people would find... Uh, Scott Lysett probably a little bit more attractive in the points-wise, but 
he's very expensive at the moment. So you're probably not going to be leaning towards that sort of price, obviously, with him at 620k at the moment. So that uh, cheaper price point of um, Westhoff is just going to be a little bit better for people who are a bit strapped for cash. And speaking of being strapped for cash and also being strapped for trades, we're at the point now where people are like, oh, how many trades should we have left? Is two enough? Um, how many <laughs> trades is enough? Um, because I suspect no one has enough at this point. What what are we doing on the whole trade front? Like, how many trades have you got left? Uh, I've got between zero and six. I'll tell you that much. I um, I'll, I'll be very upfront. I have five trades left. And, you know, I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close to finishing off this team. I'll tell you. Pretty, pretty close. I'll probably be able to use all five trades to almost finish my team. So, feeling pretty good. And then I've seen other people's teams on Twitter... Um, who have like 12 trades left and like six primos on the bench because they've got so many primos. So, you know, you, you win some, you lose some. I think a safe number to have... How many rounds have we got left? We've got about seven rounds left, I want to say. Seven. Six? Sure, seven. We'll go with seven. Um, you'd you'd want to... If you're, if you're full premium, you probably want to have a couple that left for injury, let's say three or four. If you're not full premium um, at this point, you should... You should probably have i don't know eight nine i don't know <laughs> um yeah record we've got six left assuming we've got 23 rounds again i don't know the afl changes it every year we don't do preparation foz how many trades have you got are you feeling happy with how many trades you got oh not at all uh, i'm i've only got the three left oh, my um, word. but i am but i'm uh, riley o'brien i've cashed in on riley o'brien and i've got um, one trade away from being full primo so uh, but, a few sideways trades have cost me dearly in that department, um, and I should have full primo with two very valuable trades going into the home stretch. Have you got bench cover to go with those two trades? I've got some bench cover. Whether you say that players like Xavier Dersner and and players of that ilk are bench cover, I don't think so. If they're scoring more than forty, then their bench cover is my. Oh well, then yeah, I've got. I've got ample bench cover then. Excellent. Well, so I've yeah, got a few um, blocks scoring 40. I think as a general... Yeah, people, yeah, sort of asking about trades. Generally, the common consensus is you want four after you finish your team. If you got four and you've still got two upgrades to go, you, I, I think it's safe to say that you just have to bite the bullet and say, well, I'm not really going to upgrade and then save for finals. Or do you just forge ahead? What What's the deal? What do you do? How do you do the thing? I say what? build the team out, get to full primo, and roll the dice and have no trades left. YOLO. Yeah, I tend to agree with that uh, statement. I think if you can get to full primo, you should probably try and get to full primo. There's no point, you know, leaving a couple of bullets in the gun and and not having a full side when you come to finals, and especially if you are fighting for rank, it's... It's all about getting the most points on the board the quickest. Yeah, rank, absolutely. But if you're in a, if you're in a hard-fought cash league and you, you're looking like you're going to sail into finals and you're looking pretty good, I don't mind leaving, say, a Griffin Logue at D6, waiting for him to appreciate a bit more and then bringing in a pod once you've done the whole, like, analysing your opponent's teams and figuring out who's got who and, and once, you know, all of that. But, yeah, I think... Mm, I don't, I'd lean towards wanting to hold trades in case... A, you know, God forbid Nat Fife goes down or, or something or other or whatever happens. But you do you, baby girls. You do you. All right, fellas. Let's talk rookies very briefly because there's a couple of them we need to check off on. 
The number one trade-in target this week will be Oliver Hanrahan from the uh, Hawthorne Hawks. He's 123k forward, uh, scored 85 on the weekend, break-even of negative 56. I think he's going to be the one that everyone bloody trades in. What can you tell us about him, Foz? He kicked a couple goals on the weekend, looked okay. Um, is he a safe option to look at as a, as a rookie? Yeah, I really liked him as a player. I don't really like him as a super coach selection, uh, purely just because Clarko in, in the past has never really been one to keep a rookie or a young player in the best 22. It's always a rotation policy and always a first-in, first-out basis. So I don't see him stringing that many games together, whether he gets a third game. Hopefully he does. I think he's quite a talent. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait and see whether someone comes back from, from Box Hill or, or back from injury. So I'm not too sure with him. Yeah, so he's really probably the only option we have in terms of a, a bubble boy, but there are a couple of other options, and I know people are going to want to trade in um, Derek Egmoose-Smith. He debuted for Richmond in defense, 100K, scored 77. I know people are going to go early on him. Obviously, I don't recommend that. And Kyle Dunkley uh, from Melbourne, 102K, scored 58 on the weekend. Not going to lie, I was at the game. I did not really pick him out, but he was there. He played, and I know that people are going to bring him in for the Supercoach side. But the one on the bubble is Oliver Hanrahan, um, if you're desperate for some bench cover. Dun- but Dunkley had 60-odd at halftime as well and then went backwards in the second half. So I don't know what that says, what that indicates. You'd probably wait a week. Um, yeah, you'd ideally wait a week and see what you can do. But if you've got, say, an Oscar Baker or you're going to face a donut if Kelly and Ganigliog and Cripps and everyone else misses, then, yeah, maybe maybe go for him. Isaac Quaynor as well debuted for the Pies on Friday night, scored 82, but at 153k, you'd probably be looking elsewhere, possibly to the Egg Moose. <laughs> the great Egg Moose of our time. Oh, great and holy Egg Moose. Um, while we're in the back line, Marty Hoare obviously missing on the weekend, assuming you've got the cash to sort of trade um, up. Um, James Sicily is at a very, very cheap price, and he was back in defence. Foz, the great sis, that's where he belongs. That's where he'll stay, surely? God, I love seeing him down there. He was glorious, wasn't he? 14 marks, 20, I think it was 28 disposals. Just really found a nice little home in that half-back line, just intercepting everything and and has actually a great disposal efficiency, went at 92%. So for me, he has to stay there, and he's a great selection. He's been pretty good uh, in the back line so far. His poor scores have always been when he's been thrown around the ground a little bit. So hopefully Clarko sees some sense and and keeps him there. Yeah, I think um, he's the obvious, obvious choice this weekend. I really like him as a trade-in option, but Patch, this might surprise you. I've got some pod options to discuss. Whoa, hang on. Back back up. Let dog with pod options. I'm shocked. Shocked, I you tell you. You wouldn't believe it, I know. But you, I, you know what? I want you to go first. If you've got anyone you want to throw on the table, you let me know, and well, then we'll talk about uh, people that no one will select. Yeah, I just very quickly want to run the fine-tooth comb over Lockie Whitfield. Is expected to be back this week is what the Giants are saying, but they've been saying that for three weeks. So he's probably four weeks away, but on the off chance he's named at 464k. Got a break-even of uh, 155, but will score quite a number of points. Um, Is he someone we can consider, or do you want to have a look at him while he's back? Do we... No, he's still very expensive. Would you rather save the 130k and go to Sicily? 
I'd like to see proof of life before I make any call on him, to be honest. <laughs> Charlie Dixon 2.0. Um, all right, hit, hit us with your pods. Start with Jack Crisp. Right. <laughs> well, no, well, all right, you've stitched me up there because I wasn't actually going to talk about Jack Crisp. Yes, I were. just happened to yes, have him in were. my team. And I think, touch wood, he's finally maybe delivering on what I really thought he'd deliver on all year. He's 473k. Um, he's doing okay. He's got a five-round average of 92, which is not, like, groundbreaking. But last three games are what interests me. 109, 99, 99. Is he finally performing to, to the level that I selected him for at the start of the year? Well, no, not really. But he, he's, he's an option to look at. Patch, he's not the one I wanted to talk about. The guy I want to talk about, his name is Darcy Byrne-Jones. I don't know anything about Port Adelaide. I don't know how they line up. I don't know why Westhoff is getting a game. He certainly shouldn't be. But this kid, Darcy Bird-Jones, since sort of the middle of the year, he's a guy I picked up in one of my draft leagues as well. He's um, since round 9 gone 101, 115, 90, 84, 80, 117, 121. And he's just like... He gets a fair few marks. He gets a lot of his points from marks, but he also likes to tackle, which I... You know I love that. I love a man who can tackle. And he also uh, favours the kick more than the handball and is reasonably accurate by foot. So he's an option. 470k, he's pumping out scores, but then are you going to go with a guy who's only in 1,500 teams over someone like James Sicily, who's cheaper and uh, has a history of being good? I don't know. He's good all right, but he's no Hamish Hartlett, I tell you that. (laughs) How did old Hamish go? Did you bring him in, Patch? I did not bring him in. It would have ruined a lot of structures, so I gave him a miss. And anyone who did bring him in, I'm so terribly sorry. He scored 59. I'm sure he'll be back to his, his you know, 130 best next week, maybe. If only they mm. could have been warned. If mm. only somebody had stood up and said, no, this man's a bad pick, but you and I, we were blinded by the light. Were we? Okay. Foz Daddy, is there anyone in the defensive region you want to talk about? Or can, can we move up the ground? Because, believe me or not, guys, I have more pods to talk about. Um, Luke Ryan's one that's dropping heavily in price for me. He's still got a break-even of 148. He's going to be real cheap soon. And you know, the last two rounds has been pretty poor with 62 and 67. So I definitely wait for him to, to hit around that 420 to 410 mark before you look at him. But, um, you know, previous to the last two weeks, he's been pretty consistent above 85 to 110 with a few big scores. So just one to keep an eye on, but wouldn't be bringing him in anytime soon. Mm. Brody Smith in like the back it. line as well, one to mention, with Miller coming back, was uh, further up the ground in the showdown from all accounts. So if you got him still lying around, maybe you could keep him and save the trade. Maybe. I don't know. I have let's to, just so lower let's our... Just... Let's, let's lower the bar for what we consider primos and say he's a primo. Exactly. <laughs> let's just get out of the back line quick before I stare at it any longer and go blind. All right. I actually just want to throw straight to the forward line because midfield's where all the fun is, but surely people have finished their midfields by now. Surely some haven't. Yeah. And if, um, if you haven't, go to the highest scoring person you don't have and pick them. Don't go mucking <laughs> about. Um, the only one there worth going left to field for is the Bond with 128 over the past three rounds. But we're not going to the midfield. We're going to the forward line, where I've also got some pods that we're going to have a pot off. 
Oh, this is my favorite, favorite time of year. Well, I'm going to talk another guy. This is how I get all my pots. I find someone who's good in draft and I go, hey, I could pick him in normal super coach. Mm, and um, and this man is bad. <laughs> this man is Darcy McPherson of the Gold Coast Suns. Who? Darcy McPherson of the Gold Coast Suns. He's at 0.7% of teams. Nobody's ever heard of this man. But I tell you, at 455k, maybe he's the pod that pushes your team over the edge. Since the round, rest, he's not. Since round eight, because that suits my narrative. 109, 87, 109, 119, 86, 73. 97, 94. Um, he, he gets a fair few touches. He sort of gets those middle, the mid-20s. He tackles, uh, he gets about four or five tackles a game. He had one game where he tackled 12 times. Um, and uh, and he kicks a couple goals. He can get forward. He's the only thing coming out of Gold Coast that's any good. And I like him. You do you. You do you. <laughs> um, Darcy McPherson, lock him in. I'm not looking to select any Gold Coast Suns players until they prove that they're not garbage. Um, Foz, have <laughs> you, what, what do you thought? Tell me you're not on board uh, as well. Um, not so much with Darcy McPherson, but I do have another pot I'd like to throw at you. Mm-hmm. Actually in less teams than Darcy McPherson, Ooh. yet still playing on the Gold Coast. Oh, no. He's one. I don't know. Mr. Sam, Mr. Sam Day. Woo! <laughs> He's in 543 teams. Priced and that's, very that's all his relatives as well. <laughs> yeah. He's priced at a very attractive $343,000. And he's played three games for an average of 90.3. So <laughs> I like it. Um, he's, a, he's a sort of player that can go forward and back, which is what attracts me as well, because he does kick goals, but can play as that sort of intercept defender as well. I wouldn't be selecting him, as he's only a forward position. He's not a dual um, You're also, position player, also unfortunately. You're also not related to him as well, so you're not obliged to... No, I'm not obliged to select rack. him. Um, but, God damn, he's, he's been scoring pretty well. He kicked a few goals on the weekend, and um, he actually was the reason for my uh, draft loss um, in a semi-final. So um, I should hate him, but you know, just seeing him play, it was very attractive. Oh, we are in the depths. We are in the depths of hell right oh, now, and I love just it. Just strap yourself in, because the pod that I've got lined up and tab open is in 813 teams. Whoa! <laughs> um, so, Jai Simpson has had 30-plus disposals in his past two games for North Melbourne, playing in the midfield, scored 106 and 125 in those two games, playing inside mid, getting contested ball, tackling like a mad dog. Um He's 388k forward only, so you'd consider him as an F7 if you've got luxury trades or you're completely strapped for cash and this is you know, your third last trade and you need to upgrade Ryan Young with 200k. Um, you know, the, the catch is that the game before he had the, you know, the first 30 disposal game, he scored 19 from, from 78% game time. Um, against UWS playing deep forward, but he's in the midfield now as of the last two weeks, and that that suits the narrative I'm pushing. And... If you um, if you take out that 19, because I don't know if that was injury affected or not, you'd it was, really it, hope so. I don't think it was, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, was if you take affected. that out, he averages 104 over his last four games. I mean, it's not crazy. He's turned up. Um, four times this year, he's gone 90 plus six times. I mean, it's crazy, but maybe it's not crazy, but it's crazy. It's let dog crazy, which means you can sort of do it. Um, 
I think we're not giving good advice right no, now. I should. think if you've got if you've got a forward spot to fill, players that you could consider outside of the obvious ones, the big the big six hundred k boys. Uh, Jack Billings is playing very nicely at the mm. moment at five hundred and six k. Isaac Heaney at four hundred and ninety six k is playing very well as as well. And Robbie Gray, four hundred and seventy four k, doing very well. Mm. Yeah, he's doing quite well. Weller than I expected, in fact, if I can create a word. But, um, yeah, maybe you could look at, at bringing Robbie Gray in if you're yeah, desperate to, to finish that last spot off. Although, had 110 on the weekend. That was with Boke out of the engine room as well. So, take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But he, he's pumped out some solid scores. 62 the week before, 116, 99, 122, 89 since he came back from injury. Like, he's good. He's good at football. He's good at football. Can confirm. All right, let's um, let's talk worst case scenario in the ruck. If Max Gorn misses again, boys, what what do you do? Let's say you don't have Rob sitting on the bench. What do you do? It's just a scary prospect. I think yeah. If you don't have Rob, you you're looking at. Uh, it's tough, isn't it? Whether you bring in a, a trade gone out. Some people did it last week, and if he misses again, some people will definitely look at it again. Um, but he's just you know he's twenty points above the next best, which is Todd Goldstein. So whether you get in a Braden Proust just to cover, you know, mm. that potential you know laid out situation again. I, I mean, one of the two are definitely going to be rucking. Um, unless there's an injury crisis. So whether you have, you know, Max Gorn and then Braden Proust at 315k, you know, played a ripper game without Gorny there. So that could be an option. Whether you want to get, you know, your Scott Lysette or, as we said before, um, Justin Westhoff as a sort of ruck forward swing. Um, some teams will try and do that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a tough one whether you want to trade out Gorn or, or try and hold him. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Proust in the uh, in the terrifying as, um, prospect of Gorn Donut 2.0 Electric Boogaloo because yeah as you mentioned if, if Gorn is out Proust will score and they're sort of joined at the hip in that sense the only problem is Proust is 315k and can he justify bringing Proust in as that sort of cover if he if he was uh, forward ruck you'd be jumping at it but yeah. not yeah, for me Patchy I think it is a bit expensive um it's one of those luxury trades that if you have the money and have the trades, you can do it. But then again, if you're downgrading someone like O'Reilly O'Brien, you've already cashed in a lot more than you expected. So that once again might be that sort of luxury trade that you make and you didn't expect to make 400k off Riley O'Brien. So you can spend an extra couple hundred k to cover all bases. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. That is why we get you on these things for study because you're a bloody genius. Tell you what, if you're trying to do some mental gymnastics to justify trading Gorn, um, you could argue to yourself that, well, Braden Proust played pretty well. Even if Gorney does play, maybe Proust stays in that team and affects his scores. Um, i got to say, I almost pulled the trade. I I was at the accept screen to bring in Matty Cruiser into my Supercoach team on the weekend um, because I was desperate, Patch. I was desperate to climb the ranks. Um, and he pumped out a 142, which is good. But I just, I think I made the right call here. Yeah. Tell me, did I make no, the right you, call? You, by... made, you made the right call. You made the right All call right. with the amount of trades left. If you had 10 left, you could probably justify trading him out. I too was sitting at that that screen for a very, very long time. 
Um, and I think the fact that, yeah, it was just trading out a guy that's, you know, averaging 125 with O'Brien on the bench, I couldn't justify it. Um, but it was, yeah, it's, it was bloody tempting. If he misses again, cop the donut. It's not worth the trade. No, agreed. Let's move on. Please, let's move on. Do we want to quickly brush through the midfield? Is there much going on there? I think um, in terms of the midfield, I imagine most people have probably just about locked in their sides. Um, The concerning ones will be, of course, Kelly and Caniglio. Uh, do they play? How long are they out for? If they if they do go out, by the way, we should mention we didn't we did the wrap up before of injuries. Tom McDonald out effectively for the rest of the season with a knee injury, despite scoring seven hundred goals against Carlton. Um, so, if, oh geez, if you bought him in as a pod for 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 Caleb Daniel, you'd, that's rough. Anyway, I digress. Mm. Um, well, while we're digressing, does that mean Proust plays for the rest of the year, possibly up forward? Does that mean Max Gorn has more minutes forward? What? Does that's that... a oh, that's a fantastic question, and I like it. Let's cast some doubt into the listeners' minds. Oh, yes, that's what um, I'm here for. That's why you pay me the big bucks or the big peanuts or jelly beans or whatever whatever you've bought at the supermarket each week. <laughs> I think they, I think they try and play Bruce forward. I don't look. Gorn's gone. He's good. Um, midfield patch outside of the main guys. Is there anyone that we should be looking at uh, as options to bring in? Is there any cheap options we should Maybe. be looking at? I've got a couple Maybe. in my mind. JPK. We've brought him up every week for the yep. past few weeks. Five hundred and fourteen k had one hundred and eighteen on the weekend, and is very good at football. Still in good form. One to look at. One I really like if you're struggling for cash, but something tells me you've got even worse options that you're going to shout over the top of a very sensible no, Josh P. Kennedy. No, no, nothing like that. Uh, Rob, uh, Josh P. Kennedy was my number one trade-in option this week in the midfield. He's just... I don't actually think he's still got it as a as an AFL player, as I've said many times on this podcast, but I think he's very good at supercoach and accumulating the pill. Um, Tim Kelly, if you didn't have him, he's fallen down to 520k. Uh, you you got your pods in your Darcy Parrish, who we talk about every week. Dion Presti is another one I've been looking at. But these guys, they can pump out a 120, but they're, they're probably going to give you a 95, and that's just not quite enough to finish your side. One, though, at 496k in that sort of vein of JPK, if you if you think Scott Pendlebury might have a little bit of juice left in him um, for the remainder of the season, he's fallen to sub 500k. He's lost mm. 65 grand for the year. He's coming off a 100 and a 111 and then a couple of sh- terrible scores. But if you think maybe you can squeeze a little bit of juice out of him, he's an option to look at. There was once a time when we would have absolutely leapt at Pendlebury sub 500k and it would have been the biggest talking point of the week. But, it's but not, that it, time is that, not now. That time has gone. It's he, Him and Joel Selwood are sitting in that same sort of rank of like blokes that in 2012 were the cream of the crop and are now past it as super coach options. I don't love it. I'd try and find the extra 30k to... to avoid it but noteworthy Foz have you got anything lying about in the other bottom drawer of the midfield for those I do I do have the one and I'm actually surprised that Leck didn't bring it up and actually opted for a rival player in Pendlebury but for me 80k less than that 423,000 
Mark Murphy's having a ripper middle uh, middle section of the yep. season, isn't he? Yes, Averaging 107.7 over the last three. You know, it was a match winner last week. You know, played really well, scored 99 on the weekend. Probably deserved a few more points. He just was a bit errant with his kicking. But 423k, it's it's not bad if you're just really strapped for cash and you're and you're looking to bring in someone as like potentially an M9. He might not be a bad option. Yes, um, he is playing some good form. I asked him when I took over the the role. I said I'd like a vintage Mark Murphy performance out of you, and he came out. He scored a, a ninety nine from twenty one touches in that game. But then the next week against Freo, that was the vintage Mark Murphy that I wanted to see from him, and he delivered. And he stood up again and gave away a, a silly free kick by effectively punching a dude in the chin on the weekend. Um, is he someone I'd want to bring into my super coach team? I think. No. I think he's got the same issue as those other guys we've talked about. Although he's cheaper, in that. Yeah, he can score you a 120, but he's probably going to get you something in the 90s. And I just don't know if that's enough. Um, last week, he was 370k, and I think we talked about him very briefly. He That was more entertaining. I think if you didn't jump on, then you're probably not going to jump on now. And th- there's a lot of guys around this price range as well. You've got, like... Your Joel Selwoods who was sitting there. Um, Trent Cotchin at 421k is sitting there. He had a big game in his return. But are you really going to trust any... Uh, not his return, but his second game back. Are you really going to trust any of these guys to deliver when you need them to in your finals or in the run home in your league? I just, I just don't think you're going to. Yeah, it's fair enough. It's amazing, can't you? You can build a team, or a midfield at least, of... Eight really talented blokes for under 520, 530k who would have been dominant three years ago. Like you're just naming players, and you know Dustin Martin's 510, Heppel's 516. You've got obviously Murphy and a few others there. It's just amazing how you know, the new era has taken over, and you've got some younger players like Bond and Pelly just starring now. But uh, yeah, I think it's probably time. Time has passed on on these older blokes, and it's, yeah, as I said before, just time to take on the new era. Yeah, great. Um, lads, just before we wrap up, because I think we've covered every feasible Supercoach option and most of the bad ones so far this week, um, just wanted to, to mention that um, Damo's chucking together a piece. hasn't 100% committed, but he has now that we're mentioning it on the podcast, um, that he's looking at, at a, a piece about trades he wish he hadn't made or a, a, an ideal team that you, you wanted to start with. And just calling out, if you're in the community, jump onto jockreynolds.com, jump into the comments of the website and tell us your your best trades for the year, your worst trades for the year. And then anyone you just sort of were keen on all, all pre-season and then uh, just pipped at the last minute and backed out and, and, and didn't do it. Like you've got a, a quite a few of, of those. Don't you? Do you want to kick it off? Oh, where do you start? <laughs> where, where do you start? How about trading out Dunkley after round two and saying at the time, this is probably going to backfire like the time I traded out Sam Menegola after round two. Um, that one still stings. I think trading in guys like Williams and Hearn when I did, that that felt good. Actually, I started Hearn. That was good. I, I, Patch, it's been a season of pain. I've been climbing the ranks now. I'm back into the top 10% finally, but it's not one to write home about, I'll tell you. Mostly, for me, the I wish... 
most of my wishes come from the the start of the season when I just had the wrong rookies. I just had the wrong rookies. Um, all my rookies were not the ones to have kept. So, mm. so can can I wish for a new team? I yeah. I mean, you can wish for for twenty twenty to begin, um, which no doubt it will in the blink of an eye. Once November rolls around, I tell you what. I would have a very good team if we could go back to lockout on a Thursday or Friday, 24 trades, hardcore mode, bring it on. That was when life was good. Well, we might see um, differences around the buys if they go back to just the one buy and one mid-season trade, but that's a discussion for another day. Foz, run us through the, the best and worst of, of Foz Daddy's side for the season. Yeah, I was, um, I was pretty happy with my starting side. Heaney was one that I wasn't thrilled on starting especially when I select him over Travis Boak um, and I really loved Travis Boak all pre-season was hearing great th- great things out of Alberton and um, yeah opted against him and that sort of backfired my the trade that I despise making and I'm stuck with him now unfortunately was uh, getting in Jeremy Cameron after yeah. that Gold Coast game where he scored 109 and he was you know had three scores around that 100 mark and I was really confident in bringing him in and since then he's averaged about 65 for me so he's been Pretty putrid, to be honest. So he's one that I, I wish I never made, but been he's, pretty happy with my side so far. He's almost become the new Lance Franklin now that Lance Franklin is not a player we talk about ever again after he burnt me badly. Um, he's just that up and down, that that nasty. I've had him a few times, and yeah, just don't really want to go back there because it's just swings and roundabouts and roller coasters. Was um, anyone you you desperately started? Um, in particular, uh, I was pretty happy with taking Tim Kelly over um, in, when I started there, but like I, I opted for him over, I think it was Sam Menegola at the time. Uh, but uh, yeah, missed the boat on Rowan Marshall, um, Rowan the boat Marshall, unfortunately. So apart from that, my team was, I was pretty happy with how I started. They just didn't score as well as I hoped. Yeah, I'm in the same I'll tell boat. you what, Patch. Yes, like Doug. I've, I've pulled up my trade history for you. Ooh, I didn't want to go. do this, but I've, I've pulled it up. I, I haven't made too many bad trades. I just didn't start the right rookies. Um, I'm looking at it. Dunkley out, and I had Cade Simpson and, and Dunkley. I traded them out um, as soon as I could for Rowan Marshall and Jake Lloyd. That's a good trade. I didn't have players like Hoare. I didn't have Walsh. I didn't have, uh, you name them, I didn't have them. Sydney Stack. That's what hurt me. I'm actually looking at my trades, and... I think I've done the best I could outside of the one era when I, I bought in Westhoff. God, I don't know why I did that. Um, like, my trade-ins, Williams, Merritt, Marshall, Lloyd, like, these are all good players. So I think a real focus next year for me will be just ensuring that um, starting the right rookies, and if you miss them, if they look like they're going to go big in the first game or two, like Walsh did, just finding a way to get him in. Mm, you got to find a way to get him in. You had to mention Sam Walsh, didn't you? The... the, the... Biggest trade stuff up for me this year was going Jordan Ridley when he was dropped just before round three, swung whoever I had um, into the back line, did some crazy looping. Um, and then instead of bringing in Sam Walsh, I brought in Luke Davies Uniac, who had scored 120 and 109 in his first two games, and then let Sam Walsh slide because he'd scored 70 and 90. And we all know how that went, don't we? Well, you didn't know at the time. I, Com- have we asked the community what their uh, best and worst trades are? Well, you, you just have. I thought I did earlier, but in case I didn't, 
community, get in there. Let us know what your biggest stuff-ups for the year were. Make us feel better about ourselves. And gents, are we, are we done for the evening? Are we going to go wallow in what, what could have been? I think so. I've got to get go get down to the uh, the physio, run a few players through the massage table, and um, then get off to bed. Lovely, Foz. Thank you again for joining us. Love having you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's it's always a pleasure coming here. Beautiful. The bungalow door is always open for you, but that's partly because we can't close it because it's broken. Lake Dog. See you later. See you on Thursday night on the Twitch stream community. See you in the comments on the website. All of the stuff is going up online. Will be an absolute hoot as it is each and every week on jockreynolds.com.au. We'll see you next week.